0: And welcome back to the G You know, I can't. I'm hungover. I can't. I'm just, I tried to. I can't I, can't, I can't. I had a time You lesson. can do it. No, I I can't. Like, this is a lot. Brian, what are you doing? Get, Brian's
1: <laughs> back on his is, uh, his
0: bullshit. I, I'm literally. Just, I'm just trying to check on
1: stuff to oh, make sure okay. things are working. You know.
0: Definitely. Uh, in that part. Well, I hope everybody is is having a wonderful afternoon, night, morning, wherever wherever you are wherever this, you are in oh, this November. this floating ball in space of expanding I gonna say, matter. I was going to say this floating rock in space. <laughs> that works. Or it's like a disc, according to some people. You know, yeah. those yeah. those. Wow. Shout
2: out the flat earthers, right? <laughs> I mean, they gave way
0: to the COVID Cairns, so. <laughs> but that's not what this episode is about. That's not what we're <laughs> we're, ta- we're talking about
2: Iran. Yes, those terrible people in the Middle East that like to stir up trouble. Not terrible people. Iranians aren't terrible people. But i not. Uh, Iran is a beautiful. That, I love their culture. It's a beautiful country. It's just run by some sinister people, evidently. Uh, well, apparently,
1: so, you know. So it depends where you go. They'll say different things each time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you ask in the well, if you. But, add, I was gonna say, especially what you showed us with that monument in Baghdad. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, it well, really depends where you are. But a, a lot has been going on in the world, not just the the Russia Ukraine. Thing but also the nuances within that conflict and how it has unleashed a world of what the hell is going on. There's like, there's a lot of WTFs going
2: on around the world currently. Literally, 2022 is just literally every geopolitical
0: dreamer. Right they no. people thought 2020 was like gonna be the end, or like when the Mayan calendar, ended. no, 2012 20, 20, 20, yeah. 2022. I think. The Mayans was a little off, or they knew they were off ten
1: years. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna get everyone prepared
0: early, just right. in case. Like, hey, we knew this, and so we all just disappeared. Like,
2: yeah.
0: So it's Iran, been crazy. But back to Iran. Yes. So with Iran, um, you know, we've seen that the you know the usage of the Iranian drones in Ukraine. Um, Iran tried to do the whole plausible deniability that they've been doing since 1979, Um, even though clearly we literally have footage um, that has been posted, um, even down to the classifications of the Shahid 136, um, as well as the literal, not just the Russians using it, but also the Iranians using it. And their proxies using it. Hezbollah, the Houthis in Yemen. Yeah. Like, you must. That's ballsy.
2: I think the funniest part about the whole Iran supplying drones to Russia is that there are US intelligence reports out there of drone footage of IRGC technicians on the ground
1: in Ukraine. Yeah, they're really? all. You know, right <laughs> now, it's. Training these. the Russians how to use their drones. Right. No, yeah, they still are. They're all over <laughs> Crimea right now, yep. just training people yep. on how to maintain them, how mm-hmm. to use them, and everything. And I'm like, first off, it's already crazy enough that there's that Iran, Iran is sending drones to Russia. Yeah. But it's just even crazier to hear Iranian personnel, which makes you think. Hmm. Yeah. What else are they doing there after they're done training?
0: Ooh. And then what was funny though? The, um, the Iranian foreign minister told Zelensky, Oh, well, we're open to having a dialogue to see the results of the alleged Iranian drug. Like,
2: what? Well, first they called it blasphemous. Like, right. How dare you? We're not doing this. You want to ask <laughs> sanctions? As? No. And now they're like, Well, oh. you can investigate us, but you probably won't find anything. And now they just have a out.
1: bunch of footage coming out of you, just see these little dots coming in and you go.
2: Like, right. Uh, and then yesterday they literally
1: came out and they just go, Yeah, they're like, yeah we're, it was us. We're, we're supplying them drones. I'm like, like, it was like you're, no. You weren't hiding anything at all.
0: No. No. But to, to bring it to that point, um, doing my OSINT research, because I don't have a life and I'm perfectly okay with that, um, there's been increased chatter in certain channels that Russia has their eyes on two other. Iranian Jones. Mm-hmm. there's the Arash 2 yep. um, and the Mohajir 6. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mohajir 6 is a much larger UAV. It's intended to carry potentially four missiles so it's not really a kamikaze drone. Right. Um, it's more in
2: line with like your Predator, right? Like a, it's a
0: multi-mission drone, like right. something similar to like a Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one called the Alvaville Five that essentially can carry six missiles or freefall bombs. Um, they they're primarily essentially much more heavier. Um, it's a little bit smaller than the Barakhtar. Okay. Um, but it's kind of similar in in functions. Right. Um, the Arash two. What's interesting about it is that it's a kamikaze. But the way that the Iranians had essentially developed it, it can be launched by ship or oh, ground.
2: Okay, I had heard about that.
0: Um, and it has a possible. Range of two thousand kilometers. Two 2000? two
1: thousand. Two thousand kilometers. That's uh. Is, we're still talking about drones, right? Yes. You know how far
2: uh, Sanaa is from, uh, say, Abu Dhabi.
0: What was it? it uh, two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. It Which, I'm... by the
2: way, um, the Houthis did hit uh, Abu Dhabi International Airport mm-hmm. last summer with a drone.
0: So, so mm-hmm. 1200 1, miles, but looking at the Iranian strategy for, and this is in Iranian defense papers um, in the early 2000s. Um, Iran declared that for the ranges of their weaponries, they only care about enough range to where they could hit Israel. Right. That's all they care That's about. their target. That's their right? target. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their, their ranges, they're not going to look for 3,000 kilometers, 4,000. There's it's no point.
2: Tehran to Tel Aviv.
0: Literally, that's all yeah. they care about. But here's the problem now. What now happens when Iran is now not only exporting these to non-states, but now to actual states who are in you know, conventional conflict now.
1: Right. That tells, well, right away, that just says that probably, if, depending on how they see their weapons, go. it's like, we can make this better. Wow. And we can make this go farther or make, or blow up even better. Well, well yeah, no, but to, to yeah.
0: that point, it's about where are we in our precision, precision guidance? Because now, remember, Iran uses GLONASS right. for, uh, for precision gun munitions. They mm-hmm. use Russia's version of the GPS. Um now we see Iranian swarm tactics with their drones. How it's happening in in Ukraine? Just scenario now. Now that's you say Russia takes those, prop those in Belarus. Mm-hmm. What's within thirteen hundred miles of literally Belarus's border? Poland and Germany, right? Well, it's not even, NATO state. Well, it's not even
1: just that. So you we talked earlier about how there are IRGC uh, troops in Russia right now yep. training. Yep. That doesn't mean they're just training those training Russian soldiers. They're observers. Yes. They're watching what how the Russians are using their equipment it's, and it gives them ideas for other attacks in the future. Iran is doing in
2: Ukraine right now what Russia did in Syria. Mm-hmm. Right. sending some of their special forces as an observer, essentially testing new technology mm-hmm. and just seeing how effective it is on the and, battlefield. And how they tweak it over. Yeah, exactly.
0: So just to give you, so I finally found the when I did the post on the um, the Iranian drones that Russia is interested in. So there's the Arash 2, and I have a little bit more information on that. But then there's another one called the Mirage 521. So the Raj-2 is very similar, very, very similar to the Shaheed 136 but they have a more powerful warhead, and their flight range is 1,700 kilometers. So in between 1,700, minimally, as far as, like, we can hit it. 2,000 is, like, the max. They could hit something 2,000 kilometers away, but ideally... Uh, we talk about 1,700 kilometers. Because if you think about it, a lot of the Arash 2s, if it comes down to war with Israel, they're not going to be launched from Iran. No.
3: They're going to be
0: launched from Syria, Lebanon, Yemen, right, etc. So um, the drone is a, it's intended to be a long-range precision weapon. Um, the newer models have infrared as well as optical homing heads. Um, this allows the drone to stay in a given area for basically equivalent to a search-and-destroy uh, type mission.
2: Right, so it can, it can roam, essentially. Right.
0: Um, think of like a vulture. Orbit, or like a,
2: orbit yeah. a set region or right. zone of operation, essentially, and then wait for a target to appear or right. what have you. Exactly. Right.
0: Um, the Arash, apparently, can be utilized as an anti-radar munition, um, which then grazes the questions of service-to-air missile defense vulnerabilities. Because if you're doing, and this comes to the notions of Saudi Arabia, their oil fields. Iran released a threatening video the other day, literally with Shahed one thirty six drones in the video towards Saudi Aramco. But this was during the time they're like, "Oh, we don't know what you're talking about." But then you release this video after you raise the red flag, like yeah.
2: And of course, I know this will be discussed. In a later episode about Mm -hmm. OPEC Plus, but I'm bringing it up because it's prevalent. Because of OPEC Plus's decision, which is obviously led predominantly by Saudi Arabia Mm -hmm. to uh, cut back, I believe it's 2 million barrels per day Mm -hmm. uh, in oil exports, Mm -hmm. Um, the US and the Biden administration has considered slow rolling military aid to Saudi Arabia, and primarily that involves resupplying. Saudi Arabia's Patriot missiles, which is their key, you know, surface-to-air, surface to you
1: know, defense. Yeah, so, those are one of the – it's the ones that we still use today, obviously. Right. And it's – from what I know, it's a good system. It works. Oh, yeah. Well, it works as long as you have <laughs> missiles. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so for the Houthis who prefer drone exactly. warfare, right? they already hit a plane, so, uh saudi Aramco plane. Oh, Yeah. Um, it was like two years they ago. They quite a in southern yeah. Saudi Arabia, yeah. but
2: they hit one further north. Yeah,
0: so completely vulnerable. Yep. Um, the second drone, the Mirage Five Twenty One. This one is interesting. Um, this one is a small size UAV that's designated to destroy specifically personnel and light equipment. Hmm. Um, it was tested by the Rapid Reaction Forces of the IRGC. Um, during their recent border exercises with uh, on the border with Azerbaijan, hmm. um, the drone is similar to the Switchblade three hundred. Okay. Um, it is launched using a mortar from a pneumatic catapult. Hmm. Um, the small weight and dimensions will allow you to what carry the drone in a
1: backpack. I was going to um, say, is not the um, Switchblade the same? Yeah, the same thing.
0: Yeah, the flight range is five kilometers. Uh, kilometers. And it can be autonomous for 15 minutes. It's not bad. Um, so right now, there's no um, no real confirmation that the Russia Mirage is going to be sent to Russia. But we also know that Russia is interested in not only expanding, importing Iranian drones, but also Iranian ballistic missiles. Yep.
1: Um, and I'm pretty sure there's an article, I believe, I saw where... Right now, it seems like, I think is trying to use their supplying missiles, supplying of um, equipment to Russia as a way to see if they can get get um, secrets on how to create nukes.
0: Yes, they wanted um, to seek Russia's help on their nuclear program. Um, that has been confirmed. Um, I mean, it also makes sense, while Russia has demonstrated, they have interfered in the the uh, Iranian nuclear talks. Oh, um, right, frequently,
1: frequently, frequently. throughout history. Okay. Um, well, they did it most recently when Biden was trying to no, re- revitalize the JCPOA. And then
0: Biden is basically threatening
2: Iran. And now Iran, Iran just straight up came out uh, this week and said, "No, we're not,
0: we're right. not rejoining." Because if you think about it, they don't. Ha- what's the? Why would? They? Why would they?
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, so one thing that the sanctions. When they were in part of the JCPOA, sanctions were damn near the exact same as when they had been. So they've already lost trillions of dollars. I believe it's like one point five to two trillion dollars to US
1: sanctions in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Um but unfortunately so you know. Well damage is done. Well here's another thing. Obviously trade basic military trade between Russia and Iran, because this is happening, it could it possibly further even more trade in other areas so that Iran could just basically bypass any sanctions.
0: And that's what we're seeing with the further traction with BRICS. Because um, before Saudi Arabia indicated that they wouldn't be part of it a few months ago, Iran and Argentina said that they wanted to join the BRICS. Now,
1: granted... Argentina's not getting it. No, Argentina's not getting
0: it. <laughs> Simply because their economy is not predictable, let alone stable right now.
1: Don't remind me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Iran, on the other hand, is interesting because of, one, the relationship with Brazil um, that has gone since the 80s. Um, Also, Hezbollah in the tri-border area. Um, On top of that, Russia. On top of that, China. Um, Their relationship with India is not, I won't say non-existent, but that really much depends on their relationship with Pakistan. Um, and, and Iran's
2: uh, relationship with Iraq, even. most The most recent elections in Iraq. Um, mm-hmm. Saw the, you know, the Sadrists are still out of politics, calling for new elections, mm-hmm. for a, new, a new vote,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, which they won't get because the coordination framework, which is pro-Iranian, um, wanted to establish a government then hold elections. Mm-hmm. And so they've established a government and it's chalked full of pro-Iranian politicians. Right. So I
0: don't know. Uh, they, man, have,
2: they have friends all over.
0: That's fair. Um, but now there's kind of like talk about domestic Iran. I would love to. Um Iran has been protesting since, the, and I always I say it to a lot of people. Iranians have been protesting since the day after Khomeini came into power, for one thing or another. He, I mean, he came into power from a protest started in 1976, right? mm-hmm. and ever since he ascended to the to the position of authority, basic, I mean, he was practically ruling the Shah. Um, yeah. It's so all the ayatollah. They have a president, but you know. That's so all the ayatollah yes. is. Honestly, the ayatollah is just a new name for the Shah at this point. Um, yes. Just <laughs> theocratically wrapped and presented with "quote unquote" Islamic revolutionary ideology principles. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're just no, you're you're a Shah though. Um, right. <laughs> but before the current one, I know the Green Movement, two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. Um, which was primarily blue-collar related. Um, That progressed towards once COVID hit, and then once people started losing jobs, people dying, and then increases on taxes regarding uh, oil and gas in order to try to make up for revenue loss. And then now this...
2: Right. So, as everyone is aware, I'm sure, um, you know, what it's been, we're going on day, gosh, 45, 50? Yeah. 50 days, probably, Mm -hmm. uh, since, you know, Masa Amini, Kurdish-Iranian, 16-year-old girl, was literally beaten to death by the morality police. Yeah. Uh, for not properly wearing her hijab. And I want to point out, she was actually wearing one, just not properly.
1: Mm. They weren't there, She wasn't wearing the one... She baby. was showing,
2: I think, a little too much hair in the front, maybe. Yeah. So, all the way on, and so they beat her. To so them.
0: you get your face bashed then. To death, yes. So, because... Welcome to Iran. Um,
2: But, I mean, uh, what we've seen has been, for me at least, I've been very uh, inspired, I'll say, by the protests. Because people really seem to be
1: anti-regime right now. Well, the the thing that I've noticed when I've been looking a little bit into the protests is a few things. One, what started this wasn't the average person, it was young people. Right, Who oh, started yeah. this entire protest. Well, it was right largely now. women
2: who started it. Yeah. And then men came in because they are like, you know what, yeah, this is... Dude, she
0: could do it, I could do it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's crazy. And you've seen, I mean, you're starting to see like union strikes, yeah. uh, teachers, Workers, like I just, mean, uh, everyone, and yeah. everyone across in Iran's economy is shit currently, to be frank.
0: But everyone's like, ah, oh, we don't care. We, You know, this is like our right to live. And that's why I had like this protest is I feel is different than all the other ones that came before. The other
1: ones before, they were a lot more sporadic and they never spread out far from like the epicenter. Like I think the last one that happened in 2019 didn't really go that far. Maybe had it started in one city far from the capital, and then mostly was that was the epicenter. This one's going nationwide and. It's taking in more people. And the one other thing that's interesting with this is Iran's trying to do everything they can to suppress it or even to trying to put down the internet. But the thing is, like you said, because it's younger people who know how to get, bypass those measures, mm-hmm. they're still getting stuff out.
0: There, and I'm just to, but this so I know, alludes to just how the geography entirely of, of Iran dictates the course of the protests Um, and you'll see you can clearly see in 2019 where it was in certain cities they weren't really connected so to speak Mm -hmm. but the way that Iran's geography is situated it's predominantly mountainous um, and then desert a lot of those city metropolitan areas are isolated, I don't say isolated, but in a way they are isolated. Surrounded by Surrounded mountains. Surrounded by mountains. Mm-hmm. And with, with the Iranian regime in control of the media, telecoms, etc., if a, a protest is happening in one metropolitan city, it could be completely zoned off, not just geographically, but also digitally. Right. So it's then, it doesn't expand. So social- it should be completely right. isolated. Exactly. They can keep it under wraps, essentially, right. and get
1: it controlled. It's the same. It's the same thing with Russia. They, same exact thing. They have massive land point. expanses, and sit- cities are too far away from each other. If something's happening in one city, it's very easy for the media to.
0: The problem with this, with this particular protest mm-hmm. is that yeah. this one isn't employment based. This one, this like the previous ones. We mm-hmm. about the green movements. Um, because I'm a I'm a Dineshad, uh, one second his second presidential term on some real sketch stuff.
2: Right. But it's this one it's not it's not political, nope. it's not economic, nope. it's not religious based. It's about freedom, baby. It's literally based on humanitarian principles. Literally. And everyone has finally said, you know what, enough, enough is, is Enough is enough. And honestly the way Iran, the regime is handling it is just making it worse for themselves because yes. I'm sure we've all seen videos of, you know, soldiers and morality police driving pickup trucks into crowds and just, mm-hmm. I mean, literally just gunning people down in the streets. Yeah. Um, I, well, the, the very first thing they started doing when these protests happened was live rounds. Yep. Yeah. They don't have rubber bullets. They don't have oh. stun guns. They don't have tasers. Nothing.
3: Oh. just
0: tear gas. Not really. Well, the Bastille militia is basically a <clears throat> Yeah. Um, this is basically what they are.
3: But it's um, just crazy.
0: It's horrible. But like I said, what's unique about this one is that every I won't say everybody, but the one those that are participating in the protest, I feel like they personally relate to that young woman. Of course. Because the simple fact of she did nothing wrong. Right. And the fact that first you said first they said they don't know how she died in prison. But then information leaked, it was like, no, she died from literal brain trauma. Right. Like they beat her.
2: Yeah.
0: And so when that came out, that information came out, and they were still trying to deny it. But it got to the point where you can kind of see that this was a, a subtle resentment that's been brewing in Iran. For generations. Um, and it's the culmination of the youth and the and the old. Right. Um, and because this isn't a socio-economic protest, which you can address with government negotiations and contracts. That's easy. That's easy. This is literally so this, about... This targets the core of the core of Iranian Islamic regime. regime. That too.
2: I mean, everything that they stand for goes against what these people are protesting for.
0: So now we're seeing videos and footages of the protesters basically saying, we will have blood.
1: Well, here's... So here's a funny... Two things. One... well, So there's a YouTuber. His name is Kraut. He's a very famous YouTuber for geopolitics, philosophy, stuff like that. I remember he put up a video... That he actually received from a fan in Iran, and this fan is fu- is literally in those protests right now, and he explained very well what was going on, and even some of the stuff you were saying, live rounds, trying to cut off the internet, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And when you when you hear that, like you, this is the guy, the YouTuber, he's reading out a message sent to him, but when you're hearing the, the words that he says. It kind of gives you; it shows how much like they care for what's happened and what they want to change. Like, uh, if anyone for anyone listening, I highly recommend looking up Kraut, um, K R A U um, T. He does very good videos, but yeah, I especially recommend looking up that video if you find it. Um, and the other question, though, with um, protests is the pro- the thing I'm slightly worried about is the one thing I've noticed with Iranian. Iranian protests is they never usually have like a central structure that much or they're not organized. <sighs> um, what what's Iran has
2: protests? I'd say at least one major one every decade. Yeah, roughly. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah.
2: They had one hey, against 2000, British or? occupation. Uh, yeah. in World War One.
3: Yep. they had one
2: in the interwar period. They had yep. one immediately following World War II. They yep. had one in '53. They had one in I believe it was '66, '67, and, the and the then revolution. you had the Islamic Revolution in '79. And then '1980,
0: the iran War. And then the protests. There was a lot of
2: protests. Um, you know, almost a million people got killed. Um, and then it
0: was processed in the '90s due to the sanctions. '90s and, and then, then 2009.
2: 2009. <laughs> 2019. Arab Spring. 2011. They had some kickback yeah. from
0: that. And then the COVID. And then 2019
2: protests. with COVID, and now here we are, 2022 with this. But they've never faced something like a protest this. like this. Oh. And I would say now,
0: they have well as the Islamic Revolution,
1: right? Dude. Right, which was led by the people. Well, that's the thing. No, this is my question with this is it doesn't seem – it seems like a lot of times when I hear about the protests going on, around, mm-hmm. they're usually sporadic. Mm-hmm. This one's slightly different, but mm-hmm. I don't see any force trying to make sure to galvanize people too. So I'm wondering, is it possible for it to die out um, in the future? Well, the same
0: could be said about the '76 revolution. Khomeini wasn't even in the country. No, he, means he, he was just broadcasting words from France. France. Yeah, Paris. Um, but looking at his revolution, it didn't have a central ideology. You had Iranian nationalists, communists, Muslims. You had liberals, progressives. And Khomeini at that time, he didn't want to put a label on his movement.
2: He actually changed it, like multiple times. times, I've read a lot of his speeches. There's a really good book out there called "Homanism." Highly suggest reading it. And yeah, like like Samaj was saying, he you know his ideology throughout the entire movement really ebbed and flowed from you know oh well I'm gonna go with the radical left. For support, and then oh, yeah. they're a little too radical. Maybe the radical right. Well, okay, now we're going moderate. They're a little
0: bit too radical. I'm gonna kill them first. Right <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> eliminate them, and then I'm gonna
2: switch. That was his thing. <laughs> burn the bridge, and then just go to another one. So but he kept on, he kept
1: on changing his tempo and his all, yes, all the time. all the time. It was
2: yeah. not until he had established power through Vilya Fiqi, which is essentially um, that Islamic scholars. So Islamic jurisprudence, yeah. scholars, uh, if you are an ayatollah or a grand ayatollah, that you should be in a position where you can actually rule over the ulema, the, the Muslim right. you know, people in your country, um, just because, because you're essentially a vessel in which God speaks through, because right. you've studied... The Quran and the Hadith so much,
0: and it goes it goes within their faith of being a Twelver, where they're waiting for the last. Uh, right.
2: So a lot of people mistake Iran that they are trying to establish a caliphate, and that's why they have their state funded terror. But that's mm-hmm. not the case. Mm-hmm. Caliphates are inherently Sunni. Um, Saudi Arabia, sure, maybe could establish a caliphate one day if they were really, if they wanted.
0: Hashemite caliphate. Hashemite, Cali. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Do it. In I'm, Jordan, yeah. Think about it. So. They are the only ones. Yeah. The only... They even fulfilled the Shia requirement. Yeah. They are directly related. Shias should not yeah. say <laughs> I know.
2: But so, Iran, yeah, they're just trying to make society as Islamic as possible. And while to... Await the return of the Mahdi, the twelfth Imam, mm-hmm. who went who to fell into a, a well, occultation, fell into a well. I've been to that well; it's pretty cool. It's just it's just a well, but I mean, just being there and knowing the story I'm is like, it dark? Whoa. I was to say, Jack, Jack, our it's, famous explorer of the Middle it East, it pretty, <laughs> pretty
0: pretty far down there. It's yeah. like super. It's like Super Mario, where you just yeah. like yeah. it's like the tubes, <laughs> you know,
2: just pop out somewhere. And like, oh shit! Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, totally. so yeah, so I mean, it's just you know they are. Basically, they're not... How do I put this? Iran, the current regime, Khomeini, uh, is okay with some forms of contemporary society. Social Mm -hmm. media, stuff like that. But he wants people to be as properly Muslim as possible. What the hell is that even? In Word for word, following the Quran and the recognized Hadiths. So... I mean,
0: like, but then you have women not
2: going into the streets by themselves without a man.
0: Let's say like, you have this, but then you have then you have Iran's history, exactly. the culture, yeah, like Zoroastrianism right. that I mean, gave way I mean, to danger doesn't exist anymore, in right? Yeah. But it's like the notions of understanding what Persia was, mm-hmm. like the principles that mind you also got to remember. Persia originally was not Shia.
1: No. No, they it was
0: only due to forced conversions. Mm-hmm. And a point before Iran became the dominant Shia power, it was Iraq. But.
2: Iran only got converted to Islam. It was only under what the Safavid? Yeah.
0: the Safavid
2: Yeah, Safavid dynasty.
0: two, three hundred years
2: ago? But
1: no, I think. Yeah, like the uh, <laughs> mid 1800s. Well, that's, oh, actually. You, I was to say some, like, you did bring up a good point, though. With what people, some people forget about Iran is it isn't solely just based on religion that makes their identity. They have a long history that you, some goes longer than most countries in the world.
0: Most civilizations. That's and the thing. They, Russia can talk a big game and saying like how they're a civilization state. You've only been around since like the year 852.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, Iran. Iran has been here, thousands. Persia, yeah. Persia big. has been here for thousands. It's BC. It's uh, it's just it's before before religion was a thing. You
2: had Iraq. You Iran, had exactly you know, modern day, of course. But yeah,
0: you. So I mean, even when Trump, when he was president, he visited Xi Jinping. She interesting enough. Who was like, yeah, we've been around for five thousand, but those Arabs and those Egyptians and that era, they've been around for at least eight thousand. So, for the simple fact that China, who's an actual civilization state,
2: that. admits that,
0: admit and acknowledges yeah. these other civilization states, it's a big deal, especially come from Xi Jinping. But to go back to this point about Iran. The other thing that the government is worried about with these protests is not just, you know, secularism. Oh, okay, whatever. Do I get to bring up my phone Yes, fact? you do. It's yes. not just secularism. was <laughs> you know, like, okay, whatever. It's not, you know, Persian nationalism. No. It's the simple fact that I think Persians they are not the representative of the totality of the population ethnically wise
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and i mean this even goes back forget the islamic revolution this goes back to the and before where it's about ensuring domestic cohesion amongst all of the ethnicities by force as i brought up geography geography is both an advantage to iran But a grave disadvantage.
2: Its biggest disadvantage.
0: Because of where these ethnicities are. are, are So, uh,
2: yeah. I'll spell it out for everyone. Iran's national nightmare, right, is that its ethnic minorities essentially in unison decide that they no longer want to be part of Iran, which has happened before. The Kurds have been trying to establish. A broader Kurdistan, obviously, mm-hmm. with Iraqi Kurdistan being the only portion that has some autonomy. But there's Kurdish population in the northwestern part of Iran. Um, the PDKI, which is the People's Party, it roughly translates to the Democratic Party of Kurdish-Iranians. It's too many. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, they're based in Soleimaniya, which, by the way, is where Iran... Well, attacked,
3: um, -hmm.
2: recently because they blamed the PDKI and Kurds in general for inciting these protests. Mm. Okay, how touch are you, but all right. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, the Kurds, Iranian Kurds have tried to, you know, secede before. Um, the Azeris right next to them, just north of of Qom, Mm. is, I mean, they make up they're the largest they they're the largest about minority. a
1: quarter of the population yeah. mm-hmm. and i always love talking about so i always love talking about the azeris in iran because that's what usually when uh, it comes to them the usually the iranian worries the most about them because to the north you have armenia azerbaijan fighting each other once in a while and if azerbaijan starts winning more which they are now in that little conflict they always iran is always fearing if the Azerbaijanis think, "Oh, we can make the Greater State of Azerbaijan," and yeah, then just, they bring they, it back, and then they
0: recently their relationship with Turkey, and then Turkey's relationship with Iran, historically has never been good. No, nope. um, there was
1: sorry, there was a fun fact I actually learned with Turkey. Uh, Might go slightly off topic, but um, I guess the this is with the Ottomans. I guess the Ottomans um. Before they got into Anatolia, the uh, the Cedric Turks, um, before they got into Anatolia, they used to actually own Iran at one point as one of the dynasties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when they moved into Anatolia, they lost Iran. But they always consider themselves the key, ho- the owners of Iran, or the actual true rulers of Iran. So they always try to go to war with them, reclaim the territory. Some successes, some failures, but that's a I mean, just like there
0: were some kings. Turks you know, lost
1: it to the Mongols. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just like how there were some Persian or I would say South kings that were Kurdish. Yeah. Like, um, but it's just enough that Iranians view Azerbaijan as Iranian. Right. Um, you can ask any Iranian nationalist, and then I've, I've been came after. Um, on Twitter, by some fervent Iranian nationalists. Like, how dare you say that Azeris aren't Iranian? Like, Cause go go, speak to an Azeri from Iran, <laughs>
1: Iran and ask them if they're Iranian. They're going to go, like, "No." There, even isn't your language close to the Turk? Yeah, yes. Well, the, this is the thing. This is how things work in the Middle East, right?
2: You have all of these different tribes, right? Yeah. You can be from Jordan, right? And I can ask you, oh, are you Jordanian? And if they're Bedouin, they're gonna go, no, I'm Bedouin. Right. So that's just how it is. Like it's I don't know. Um, the but. establishment of states, of mm-hmm. countries in the Middle East was a Western thing. Shout out Britain and France. So you know Texas, Russia like Mexico, was and also Russia part was of a that. part of it, yes. Um you know, so that the people don't really, they're like, oh yeah, I'm from Jordan, but I'm actually Bedouin or Hashemite or whatever. Um, But back to Iran and their national nightmare. So just imagine this scenario, right? So you have the Kurds in the northwest. Mm -hmm. You have the Azeris in the north. Mm -hmm. You have the Arabs who are along the Caspian Sea. Southwest. 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 Actually, they're on the Gulf as well. They're they're on on both sides. And then... You have the Baluch and Baluchistan right on the border with Afghanistan and Pakistan, Pakistan too. and Pakistan, right? And they are the Baluch have also tried to secede. Yeah. The Azeris have the Arabs, not really, but they would definitely not be opposed. Because I remember
1: the Iranian and during the revolution, there were some people who were from Kuzistan. Kud, sorry, I forgot how to pronounce Kuzistan. Kuzistan, and they try. Yeah, they were the people who um. Try to take the British, the, the Iranian embassy in Britain in, the, in 1980.
2: Hmm. So, so just imagine this though. All of those groups secede, right? Do you know where all of Iran's oil fields are? Because they are oh, along the Gulf. And Baluchistan. Mm-hmm. Most of their oil fields are in Baluchistan, and the Baluch people actually operate the oil yeah. fields. So imagine this Arabs, like all those groups I just listed, are like, we're done. You know what happens to Iran? Iran fear. shrinks to just the inner belt, where all their Persian, you know, population mm-hmm. lives. So about fifty, I think, what's it like? Sixty percent. Fifty-six to sixty percent of people are Persian, mm-hmm. and it shrinks to no
1: just resources. the inner
2: belt around Tehran. You have no oil. You have you become landlocked.
0: No resources. No resources water. at all. No water. <laughs> nothing.
2: I mean, Iran. There'd be nothing they can do. And here's the deal. Why not now? Because 60% to 40%, right, in terms of majority Persian to minority. But half the Persians are protesting against the government right now as is. True. They're not going to have an issue. They'll be like, yeah, you know what, I actually support this. <laughs> well, so just...
1: basically you take that 40% that you would expect to protest against you, then you take another 30% from the if not from... more. Or. Oh, yeah. And that just means the entire country hates you, which means you might be screwed. Let well, <laughs> just fine. that Take it to a simple fact. Then you'll have Iraqi
0: Kurds coming to the defense of the Iranian Kurds. You have the Bush and Afghanistan and potentially Pakistan. The Taliban, the Taliban might be probably. because they're fighting with Iran across the border skirmishes. So Taliban is like, hmm
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're just making. <laughs> as you say that, you're just making me think that as soon as like the moment comes, the Taliban is going to come in in their fucking Toyota can't. Toyota they probably
0: like, would, you know, Afghan commandos that we left there. Hey, I'm just saying, free employment right there. So the
2: Botter One Four One Special Forces Battalion. Oh. The good old T-Men. T- 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 <laughs> <laughs> the T-Men. Wait, is there actually like a one-for-one? Like for one for yeah. One. <laughs> and then they also call themselves the Red Squad. I forgot what it
1: translates to in Purdue, but... Uh, this just sounds like... No, it's well, obviously, it's, it's right away. They're, there. they're I walking right around
2: right there. with night vision goggles, like Gen 4. They got M4s, grenade launchers, Black Hawk helicopters. Like, I mean...
0: Well, I, I'm over it. Um, <laughs>
2: I mean, we gave them like billions of dollars. Yeah, we did. We did
0: but we did. That's beside the point. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Azeris or Azerbaijan. Um, it's a big, it's, but to be also realistic, that would send shockwaves.
1: Oh, it would not be good for. Across the
0: Middle East, Central Asia, probably the
1: world. The world. Well, the thing I would be more curious about, and you, I feel like you guys kind of alluded to this a little bit just now, was, all, say the protests somehow become successful, mm-hmm. it's going to create a power vacuum no matter oh, what. Oh, of course. So the question is, what comes from the power vacuum? The thing that pops in my head, uh, me having the uh, idea of anything bad that can happen, will happen, is all of those nationalistic groups are going to look and go, eh, there's no, there's no, like... There's no central force holding us down. Independence right off the bat, and just not caring about who takes over and everything, and just leading to civil war. Well, there's that way. I'm gonna take a. I'll go glass
2: half full first, and then glass half empty. But so I'm too hungover for this. So yeah, I, I need I need we're, a glass we're, of we're, something alcoholic. But that's okay. <laughs>
0: oh my god. It is... Um, you were saying what you're... 3.30 on a and- Saturday. You know?
2: So glass glass half full, right? People are protesting right now for democracy. Democratic tendencies, if you will. Ooh, that's Hopefully cool. they would establish a democracy. Mm-hmm. Let's be realistic. Half glass empty, which is definitely probably the more realistic approach. Um, no one likes Hominay at all. He's a bad guy. But, you know... There are rumors that there are more radical people underneath of him in the IRGC. What I mean, yeah. that he keeps in, in check. check. People who would acquire a nuke and detonate it because they want to bring about the end of the world, so that the Mahdi will return. Kind of similar to like Jesus, the Book of Revelations, if you will, yeah. for my biblical oh, people. Oh, I out love there. radicals. And so, yeah, you see, yeah, they're they're crazy. Um, and so. This will sound bad. I, hope the pro- I almost hope the protests don't succeed because, you know, the, the better enemy is the enemy you know. Yep. At least you know what they're going to do. You know what they're capable of. He's been in power for, you know, what, two decades now about? Yeah. So we know what he's about. Whereas if the protests succeed and they don't set up a democracy and they have a power vacuum—
0: God only knows what's going to happen. I mean, that's like, um, I just lost my thought. Um, no, I completely get what you, you're, um, you're saying. I yeah. honestly think that the IRGC with the Iranian military would step in, um, in the case of a power vacuum. Right. right. Now, would they keep... The same structure currently. Think
1: if the IRGC had their way, yes, to a degree.
2: So this is an interesting thought, uh, and I've done a lot of research on it, but there's nothing out there uh, uh, exactly on it. I've tried the ethnic composition of the IRGC.
0: That would or, be a big factor. Mostly, ah,
2: oh, mostly all their command that is out there, where their commanders are from, are all Persian. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing about in terms of ethnic composition of the actual soldiers. I mean, don't Now, make their, their national military is full of different ethnicities, so. Right, but no, it's different. You're not. You,
0: the I, national I, military
2: would not be the issue, I no, don't think. The RGC, RGC who well. are loyal to the Aitola.
0: It also controls twenty percent of the Iranian economy. Essentially, <laughs> essentially,
2: they are Islamic radicals. They are literally—I mean—labeled by most Western nations as an
0: international terrorist organization. They, they literally oversee the development of a nuclear weapon, like that's under their. And journal. they would be crazy enough to just give it to Hamas and be like,
2: "Hey, you're right. You're within Israel, pretty much. Use this." <laughs>
0: um, no, as much as I like. I might have to agree with Jack Jack here. As much as I like and support the notions of this protest, it's kind of like how when people were like, oh, Putin needs to go. I'm like, do you not know who's under him? No. We've had this discussion
2: (laughs) before. No. The better enemy is the enemy you know. It just is. Because think
0: about it Putin has been in power. What, 21 years now? Yep, about 21. 21? Or something I'm just saying. Technically,
1: 23, but who's (laughs) Kelly?
0: Basically, my lifetime. Um, (laughs) He has molded the mentality, for the most part, of most of the prominent current politicians. But there are some politicians that are still around that he keeps either for puppet opposition or generally because... I can explain a little bit of this. Um, Who literally are just like, use a nuke.
1: So I, I want to explain a little bit of this. So as Samaj just said, there are other politicians inside Russia that kind of are around... Most of the time they're around to make Putin look like he's more moderate than he really is. Like uh, one best example is a guy named Zhiranovsky. He is considered a far... I guess an nationalist. And uh, he's considered an ultra-nationalist, and he has some crazy views, restart the Russian Empire, destroy the West, everything. I mean, like, on a hat, do it. And, but he's held on a leash. He is mm-hmm. never allowed to do any of his stuff, because Putin keeps him on a leash. But if Putin were to kick the bucket, I don't know if anyone could hold him on a leash anymore. No. Along with a few other people that are within the Russian government.
0: That's the thing. And the same, I say the same thing now with Xi Jinping. China's ideology immediately changed the day after we struck their embassy in Belgrade. That's when the Korean nationalism side of their government really started to come out. And now, after the recent party congress, it's interesting. He took out certain words. Well, he used certain words over others. Usually, the party congress is about economic development, um, sustainable infrastructure. Uh. This time around, and this kind of alluded to our conversation before we started this, he says security is paramount. Right. And I'm like, excuse me?
2: Yeah. That's- what?
0: And now as we see constant military showcases, military exercises, military parades. China's having the same amount of protests that Iran is. Yeah, literally. You just don't You don't see it. it. Yeah,
2: exactly. But But it's happening. It's
0: happening. So it's
2: happening in Russia. It's, I mean it
0: literally. There are so are different
2: things, but To almost equal effects. To equal effects. There's a large amount of public dissidence against the regimes. Putin, uh, Xi Jinping, Ayatollah Khomeini, even, as I like to call him my favorite nickname, Little Rocket Man in North Korea. (laughs) Even
0: Maduro Maduro in Venezuela. Um,
2: But again, all these guys, I am afraid of what would happen. After them. After them. Because we don't know.
0: And that's what keeps me up at night. Yes. When you have a authority figure that's been in power for decades mm-hmm. and you know, and you, not, maybe, you may not fully know, but you have a glimpse of who's under him
3: mm-hmm.
0: or the type of factions that are beneath them that, yeah, they may be brutal leaders, but the people under them, what they want to do, I would rather a system where, okay... And, you know I may get some heat for this but don't I don't care suit me um, <laughs> um I'd rather a system where that leader remains in power but there is a power reorientation right so you can use as a um, the current uh, Khomeini um, right now where let's say a protest worked. And they force a political concession. And part of that political concession, it may not be directly him. He they could probably, in a scenario, keep him as similarly like a head of get rid
2: of the morality police and you know westernize social norms a little bit. Utilize a constitutional monarchy structure. Still have him power.
0: Right, a constitutional monarchy structure where like you're there for ceremonial reasons. You don't really butt into politics because that was one of the things that started the 2009 uh, Green Movement yep. when he suspended Ahmadinejad's opponent mm-hmm. so that Ahmadinejad could basically win his win. second presidential right. People okay. were like, no, uh, we no, don't no, want... No. Like, what are you doing? Stop. So, if there were... I'm not saying destroy the structure. Right. I'm saying pivot so
2: it. I, I think for all these authoritarian regimes we mentioned, Russia, China, Venezuela... Uh, Iran Mm -hmm. North Korea I liken um, you know the gusto if you will that it takes to rule these countries to fine tuning an instrument or something Mm -hmm. just to your specifications
3: Mm -hmm. and if someone
2: else picks up that instrument and tries to play it Mm -hmm. they're going to think oh this sounds terrible or oh this doesn't fit you know my style of Mm -hmm. play and so then they have to tinker with it and when you tinker with an instrument you know, to get you know, you make a lot of noise, there's right. a lot of chaos and commotion. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen when, you know, these regimes, these leaders who have been in power for twenty years, fine tune the constitutions and the you know, the police force, the military force just to suit exactly how they want mm-hmm. to run a country, and then they get kicked out and someone else takes over, they have to do the whole thing over again. Yep. Yeah. And they have to figure out exactly the balance of power of how to somewhat fake ruling democratically mm-hmm. while it's... also keeping the people in check.
0: This comes People then.
2: will die, heads will roll, bring out the guillotines.
0: This is, oh, this is one of the things that always annoys me. I get an, As you may or may not know, I get annoyed very easily when it comes to geopolitics. Um, and people who don't know what. Right. Oh, that's, that's a pet. <laughs> and this is why I say it's because they're like, bring democracy. Okay, well, what does that mean? Because democracy only well, works when there's actually consensual this... um, social contracts between the power structures and the people. I have
2: one thing to say to this, and it is if you think the U.S. has any business butting in and trying to change regimes, look at our track record throughout history. We've only done it successfully, maybe one of them once, twice. Twice, that's it. Yeah.
0: Uh, only yeah. because we have literal troops there. <laughs> right. Right. right, and we
2: still keep and we troops still there. Um, <laughs> I was Otherwise, say, we failed everywhere. What you just said
1: about how people say, bring democracy. So, okay, what's democracy in this instance? The thing people have to realize, and I think I had a kind of a conversation with someone else about this earlier, was. Everyone around the world does not believe in the same things that we don't. the U.S. believes or the Western Europe. They all have their different beliefs, structures, cultures, etc. And that affects their mentality of thinking. Heck, what we would consider to be right and just might be considered wrong in another mm-hmm. country. Right. And because of that, like, what some countries may see as democracy is something completely foreign to us, even.
0: Right. Um, like... Sorry, that's end. a good no no that's a good point though.
1: Well I was gonna say also, for example, the Chinese Communist Party, they try to say their thing is a democracy almost. Well they have inter-party
0: democracies, but they're go for Yeah, oh, no, obviously <laughs> obviously
1: it's not, but they try to claim it is based right. on how they believe structures should right. work.
0: Um, which they inherited from the Ming Dynasty before. Like these damn communists, they think that they're so slick. But just because you put people in front of a, a damn party committee, you think that you're all about equality and communistic virtuoso. When literally all you did was keep the imperial structure. Tell about the huge Town. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, prime example of this. Um, look at Erdogan. Yep. Yeah. Erdogan. Democracy. Yeah. I don't think those mix right mayor, now. No, but he was elected mayor. He was a prime minister. And then. He has climbed the ladder. Over the years, changed the constitution and formed an executive presidency. That's also kind of connected through his family because he surely <laughs> did put his like steps on. <laughs> well, yeah, right. He put like, his, i was gonna sneak this one in. I'm there. gonna put my son in his <laughs> ministerial position. Right. Was a, okay. There you go. Um,
2: Unqualified. Like <laughs>
0: he had a quote, and as much as I don't like to give dictators <laughs> like a damn, that's a good quote. He said, democracy is like a train. You ride it until it's your time to get off. Yep.
2: pretty much.
0: Yeah. And if we look, I mean, to a degree, Putin was kind of democratically elected. At, no, no, he was put as deputy prime minister. And then but, that was the inside job. Then, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the concept of just because you said it's under the name of a democracy, what does what is that cultural perception of a democracy? Because let me look back to the Greek city-states. Some city-states didn't allow women to vote, others did. Others allowed all households to vote. Others allowed some allowed slaves to have some sort of an input. Others did not. Others killed babies at the age of four. So it's like, what is your interpretation? Because it's not going to be Western focused. So
2: in my mind, I, countries, I think everyone, I'm not saying everyone in the world has, is part of democracies, but I think a large part of democracy in America specifically pertains to, you know, you know the, right, the right to bear arms, the mm-hmm. right to stand up against a tyrannical regime. Mm-hmm. Everyone can do those things anywhere. So... Are people going to die? Yeah. yeah. If you really don't want that regime in power, what are your options? Stay right. oppressed or fight, and s- some people are going to die. You might fail. You might succeed, but... You try. As uh, Theodore Roosevelt said in The Man in the Arena, you know, it's okay. if you fail, at least fail daring to do great, you know, great things, so...
0: Right. I agree.
2: So everyone has the power to somewhat choose...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Who's going to preside over them, but not in terms of voting. Sometimes it's in terms of, you know, picking up a good old Kleshankov and getting things done. Right. But, uh...
0: Um, well, yeah, no, this was, it was a fun little yeah. discussion. Brian, I, I want to
2: go really quick, my last kind of closing point with mm. regards to Iran. Mm. Um, you had mentioned, you know, are these protests going to continue? My answer, my simple answer is yes because there's a lot we are not hearing coming out of Iran but uh, I mean it's become sectarian Mm -hmm. it's Shia versus Sunnis now Uh, a lot of Baluch are Sunni I mean the IRGC is murdering and raping women just in broad daylight out on the streets Um, specifically targeting ethnic minorities and you know Sunni, which is majority mm-hmm. or minority in, in Iran, so the way in which the government is handling these protests are going to continue to fuel them mm-hmm. until either a they decide to seriously violently crack down on them and kill thousands of people, mm-hmm. or until you know the people decide enough is enough. Someone starts backing them, anyone really, and uh, they decide to basically get shit done. Yep, they have the numbers. It's just a matter of, you know, are you willing to die to die to
0: yeah, That's what it comes down to. Are you willing to die uh, for what you believe in? Um, and like you just uh, you alluded to, uh, what your hope is that you know, if you lose, make sure that if you do lose, you gave it all you got. Right, and that that's what it comes down to, because you just you just never know. We said that with the Ukrainians. It's called a revolution for a reason. Right. <laughs> People literally thought Ukraine was going to fall in three days.
2: Uh, U.S. and Russian intelligence reports. Yep. Like we, seventy-two hours.
0: We said seventy-two hours. The
2: U.S. thought that.
0: Kyiv would fall.
2: We're going on.
0: So it's been almost a year.
2: Uh, yeah. Like. It's nine, ten months. It's about yeah. It's nine. about nine to ten nine months. So it was February second, I think, roughly. Right. February twenty-fourth. Was when they Was the twenty fourth okay. when they invasion. Well, they started moving the blood and everything to the front lines of Russia early February, and everyone's like, "Well."
0: You said three days. As soon as
2: I saw that damn blood, I was like, "Yeah, they're,
1: they're no, going no, for it." It took for for me. It took the it took the media storm in Russia to show everything. Just oh, I things I things. heard reports that they were.
2: Moving blood in the front lines, and I go, you, oh, you don't move blood for training exercises.
0: True. <laughs> um, and now it seems like they're going to potentially reopen another front through Belarus, where so they're trying to. Right. Um, but so.
2: To wrap things up with Iran.
0: <laughs> things are getting interesting. You know, he will, help the people of Iran. That point um, is going to get nasty, or um, bloody, or chaotic, or. Yep. Um, crazier great sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: everything now will be more <laughs>
0: basically um, we'll be continuing to monitor the developments um, and we're probably going to do podcasts what's every two weeks so we will have this one and then you won't hear from us again for another two weeks so'll
2: allow us to cover a broader scope right and get more information looks,
0: things are happening.
2: Yeah, 2022 is uh, one hell of a year for yeah.
1: geopolitics. I've aged world.
0: like 10 years this year. It's like, <laughs> <I'm> starting, <laughs> starting to get gray hair over here. I already have three. Brian has like 30.
1: I have enough gray hair. thanks to my father. So I'd rather. You know, I don't sleep much anymore. It's just like quad
2: screen on Gym. my TV of news outlets from all over the world.
0: Uh, my. One out
2: zero of Reuters live like. BBC well you
0: know I still have to go through 30,000 messages <laughs> through these Telegram channels will I no <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but anyway leave it with that um i'm going to take a nap but no. much love take care peace